This morning, we are celebrating our graduates, so the title of the sermon is The Great Commencement. And uh, like I said, I got a tough job this morning, so bear with me. Uh, I don't have too long of a sermon because I am hungry as well. Um, Some of your students this morning have graduated magnum cum laude, which is to be commended. Uh, Some cum laude, and others thank you laude. So we just want to make sure that we congratulate all of our graduates this morning here for all the hard work uh, that you have done over the years. Over the past two months, students from all over the country have been celebrating what is commonly known as graduation or commencement. And oftentimes these two terms are used interchangeably, but they they mean two different things if you really think about it. Uh, When we think about the term graduation, the idea that comes to mind, the definition is a state of being complete or over and done with. And that's the definition of graduation. However, we use the term commencement, and the term commencement actually means something very, very different. The term commencement actually means beginning or the start of a new event or new journey. So that's why we say commencement, and I really, really like that term as a disciple of Jesus Christ because I believe for the Christian, commencement is a theological concept that we should really, really be thankful for because I believe we serve a God who is all about commencement or new beginnings, amen? You guys following along with me, go to this first slide, Mike, as we kind of flesh out some of these ideas of of commencement and of God being one of new beginnings. The first thing that I think about that is a new beginning is a story of Genesis. So when you open up the Bible and you open it up and you look for the very first time, you come to chapter 1 and it says, in the beginning, God commenced or he made or he started, he created the world. And the Bible tells us that he created the light. He created the sky, he created the lands, and he created the plants, the stars, the bird, the fish, the animals, and man. And then, thank the Lord, he created woman as well. Amen. We serve a God that is all about new beginnings and creating and sustaining and building and growing. But then later in chapter 3, we see that Satan enters into the picture And we understand that in this picture, Satan's whole design and purpose and M.O. is to destroy God's creation. And by nature, the scripture communicates to us that Satan is a destroyer. And we see from chapter 3, the first thing that he intends to destroy is our flesh. And that's why we get older. That's why we move on in this life. That's why we transition We also know that Satan seeks to destroy our faith. That's his goal. Satan seeks to destroy our family structure and unit. Satan seeks to destroy our churches. Satan seeks to destroy our joy or our love and our peace and our hope. Satan is a destroyer. So if you juxtapose these two ideas, we see that the God that we serve is a creator and sustainer and starts things new. And then Satan, who we have to stay away from, is a destroyer. And oftentimes we're caught in the middle. But I love how God always blesses us with new beginnings. As we move on in the story of Genesis, we come across a guy by the name of Joseph. And you remember his story in Genesis chapter 37 and verse number 39. Chapter 37 and 39. We know that that Joseph was mistreated 
by his family, which has never happened to any of us before. We're always treated fairly and kindly by our families. Amen? But he was mistreated by his family and sold into captivity and slavery into Egypt. And remember, in Egypt, God remembered Joseph and gave Joseph a brand new beginning, a brand new start. We serve a God that is all about new beginnings and commencement. And then I think of a New Testament character by the name of Peter. And you guys know how badly Peter messed up, right? Peter was with Jesus and walked with him and witnessed some of the miracles. And then when it came time for Jesus to be crucified, the people saw Peter and they said, Peter, you know that Jesus character, don't you? And Peter said, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know the man. They asked him three times and he said, I do not know the man. He even said a bad word in thinking about his relationship with Jesus. But thanks to the Lord, that presumptuous Peter in, in John chapter 21 gets a new start as well, doesn't he? And guess what? This morning you can have a new start if you ever mess up and fall short or make a mistake because we serve a God that is all about new beginnings. And praise the Lord for that. Go to our next slide, Mike. But now i got to talk about Lucifer just for a little bit. Satan, the devil. According to John chapter 10 and verse number 10, the Bible tells us that Satan is a thief. And he only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to kill your faith. He wants to destroy you and your opportunity at salvation. And the first thing that he seeks to destroy, like I said, is our physical bodies. So we die. We live with sickness and, and our bodies begin to decay because he seeks to destroy. But most importantly, he wants to destroy our faith. So he throws things our way to discourage us, tries to steal our joy, allows that person. Well, I shouldn't say allow, but that person cuts us off in traffic and, and we lose our temper for him. That Satan wants to destroy and steal and take things away from us. And sometimes we allow him to do that. But I've got to remind you, church, that sin Whenever we fall short and we listen to Satan in this trickery, leads to bondage. And that's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 6 and verse number 6. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with so that we should no longer be slaves to sin. And that's often what we do at times when we allow Satan to destroy our joy or our faith or our happiness and then those fleshly habits are very hard to break, and guilt paralyzes our development. Romans 6, in verse number 23, says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. We see the new beginnings there. Spiritual death is a process. But I want to end on a high note here in thinking about what Jesus did for us. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open up to Psalm chapter 11 and verse number 4. And we're going to spend just a few moments of our time this morning. And I just want to remind you of this concept and this principle and leave you with this this morning, along with a couple of other passages. But, but Psalm 11 and verse number 4. The Bible says, The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. He observes everyone on earth. His eyes examine them. I love this concept and this principle and this idea because it tells me that no matter what I'm going through, 
no matter how much I'm being defeated, no matter how much difficulty and hardships I'm going through, God is on the throne and he's watching over us continually. The Bible tells us that God allows us to enjoy his divine love and his divine grace. God is on the throne and he wants to give us new beginnings. No matter how terrible life is at the moment or what we're going through. What I love about this commencement process is that now we understand our purpose. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse number 13 says, Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all men. When you became a Christian, when you became a disciple of Jesus Christ, you have been entrusted with your purpose, and your purpose is to fear God and to keep his commandments. Aren't you excited to know that you have a purpose? And then lastly, what we gain, which is so important, is we gain the salvation of our souls because of Jesus offering us a new beginning. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. God offers us a new beginning. He offers us eternal life. He offers us a new home and glory. And new beginnings are wonderful. Maybe there's someone here this morning that is ready to start and have a new beginning. I've seen a number of new beginnings since I've been here for the past year. New disciples coming to the Lord and starting their light off, life off in, in, a correct, in a correct way. And then what I've also seen is that these new people, when they start their new journey, they immediately encounter hardships and difficulties. And I can look across the auditorium this morning, and many of you are shaking your head and saying, amen, that's right. And sometimes we fall short. And we make mistakes, but the Lord is on the throne. Jesus is in this place, and he says, if you fall short, if you make a mistake, you can come to me, and I'll give you a brand new beginning right now. We don't encounter that much in life today. If you make a mistake, someone giving you a second chance. That doesn't happen very often, but guess what? In God's kingdom, that can happen. And this morning, we give you the opportunity to come forward if you want to start anew. Start afresh and enjoy a new beginning. I told you it was going to be one of the shortest sermons that I've ever preached. There you go. Chew on that for a while, as well as Vicky's cooking, as we conclude this morning. We've got a song of invitation selected. If there is anyone here that wants to start anew and have a new beginning, this invitation is for you. Whatever your needs or concerns are, won't you come together while we stand and sing?